Why, hello there, listener. I didn't see you walk in. <sighs> but thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Dirty Talk podcast. This is TC Rollins. Who's doing a lot of very suggestive eyebrow wiggling right about now. I would like to share that with you because I have visuals. Your eyebrows are all over the place. It My is goodness. true. My eyebrows are all over the place. <laughs> He's being smooth. Uh, I am Rain DeGray. Hi, everyone. Hi. And in case you didn't know it, it has been, well, if you're a Patreon supporter of ours, it has been one thirty-seven hundredth of your life since we talked last. But if you're not a Patreon supporter, it's been one eighteen hundredth of your life. So if you want to spend more time of that precious life with us, follow us on Patreon. Because the way this works is that every other episode is released to the general public. But every week, our Patreon supporters get a new one. Also, my co-host is a lot better at math than I am. Well, I did it based on the average lifespan. I mean, it's hard to find numbers on the average lifespan because it depends on male or female, what country you live in. Anyways. There's a lot of variables is yeah, what you're saying. Roughly, you could expect to live maybe a little over 3,700 weeks. So if you listen to us every week, it is one 3,700th of your life between episodes. And that puts a cap on the number of episodes we can actually do. So you know that there will never be more than 3,700 episodes of this podcast. Ooh. Even if we started from the day we were born and made one every single week, we will probably never be able to do. I would say we probably wouldn't even be able to do more than like a thousand. That's wait, wait, wait. But what if we started doing two a day, seven days a week? Then that would be quite a lot of episodes. We'd probably run out of things to talk about. We would never, fast. never run out of things to talk about. I have some things to talk about this week, if you are ready for it. Some exciting, exciting news. Let me make sure I'm sitting down. Okay. Wait, I am sitting down. I'm ready. What do you have for me? Well, the first thing is uh, we are recording this on Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl is over. And that means tomorrow, at least this year, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Yes, it is. Correct. On both of those points. One of the things that people like to give each other for Valentine's Day, besides candy, chocolates, and stuff like that, is nice romantic fragrances. There's some things that are claimed, like pheromones, to be able to up the mood of the situation, get one randy, and put them in mind for some good, long, hard loving. The smell of pumpkin, actually, right? Okay. Yes. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, I think also licorice. Licorice, yes. Uh, there is a new fragrance that has just been released in time for Valentine's Day by the Idaho Potato Commission. Does it smell like potatoes? It smells like French fries. So this council is claiming that the smell of French fries make you horny? Yes. They say whether you're at a drive through restaurant or dining in. It's nearly impossible not to grab a fry and take a bite before you dive into your meal. The smell is too good to resist. <laughs> Go on. I'm, is that the entire copy? Yeah, that's, that's their, that's oh, their oh, copy. Okay. They were selling it on the website. Unfortunately... It is sold out. I went to go buy some because they are selling it for the very incredibly low price of $1.89. And I am happy to pay a buck eighty nine for some perfume 
that smells like french fries just to get it and smell it. I just want to see how close to french fries it smells. This was their gambit for getting into the Valentine's Day game because potatoes are not as well represented on Valentine's Day as I suppose they should be. Right, because they were originally called love apples, right? Uh, yeah, I think they, they were originally called love apples. And they were illegal in some places as well. And they are also can be poisonous because they're related to deadly nightshade. Correct. I The thing is, you could probably buy some fries for $1.99 and then rub the fries on your wrists and armpits and smell like french fries. Yeah. If uh, one of your suitors showed up smelling of french fries, would that heighten the arousal of the situation for you? Um, me, personally? <laughs> no. No. I, no. But I, I mean, I don't, I mean, French fries are nice. I like the smell of them, but they, I can't say that they get me horny. Well, there's some other big news in the world of potatoes. <laughs> I don't just have French fry fragrance. Okay. okay. I'm... Have you heard the other big news, which is trending online? About French fries? No, about potatoes about in potatoes. specific. Yes. About potatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, they have added glow-in-the-dark jellyfish genes into DNA into potatoes. To make glow-in-the-dark they, potatoes? They've made glow-in-the-dark potatoes. No, I don't think they've made glow-in-the-dark potatoes. I'll give you a hint, though. Mm. You have seen the movie Meet the Parents, I assume. I have, yes. And there is a funny scene in there where they talk about... Milking a mouse. Yes. And he says, you could milk just about anything, right? (laughs) Yes. What do you think they have discovered that you could milk now? You can milk a potato. Yes. Potato milk is a thing. So you like squish it flat in a press and then the juice comes out? Well, it's it's kind of like how they're making milk from everything now. Bananas, all, yeah, it's bananas, all, yeah. almonds, cashews, hemp. Oats. Oats. Right. Yeah. How do you milk an oat? Well, it's the same process where you soak it in water and then you blend it up and then like squeeze it through cheesecloth or something like that. But it's the new vegetarian vegan option for milk is Potatoes. I, I, read I want some, potato juice. You want? It's not potato juice. It's potato milk. I would think that the dairy industry would object. I know that I know they you can't. You, you can't, can't call it milk it's, because it's potato juice. Well, they were See, trying to pass I, the law that only milk can come from mammals, right? I was respecting the dairy industry, which is why I called it potato juice. I don't want to get sued. You don't want big milk coming after us. No, moo. No, I do not. So there are recipes online if you want to try and make your own potato milk. I was reading one person's review on it, and it tastes awful. And they found that if you put some almonds in it, then uh-huh. it's halfway palatable. But you also have to add a decent amount of sugar and vanilla extract to it. Oh, okay, yeah. Because no, other than that, it just tastes like potato water. Because you soak potatoes, you boil a bunch of potatoes in some water, uh-huh. you grind it up in a blender, and then you filter it through cheesecloth. And what you have is like yellow, frothy, milk-like substance that just tastes like potato tea, I would say. 
I, I think that that sounds like stuff that people that have way more free time than I do. Mm -hmm. I do not have time for straining and draining and blending and crushing and cheesecloth and soaking potatoes. No. Oh, but well, that... then if you don't have time for that, there is a Swedish company that is now marketing plant-based original potato milk called Doug. I'd like some Doug. You want some sure. Doug? You, yeah, I want you'd some put Doug. some Doug in your mouth. Unfortunately, it's not being sold in the United States. So you are going to have to wait for the worldwide release of Doug. But they are claiming that it is one of the most environmentally friendly drinks available. Like one of the things with the nut milks is that it takes a ton of water so, to grow yeah. the nuts. And then you also have right. to soak the nuts with the water and crush them and do all this right. stuff. Right. But, but the potatoes, hearty crop grow mm. almost anywhere this is why the irish have been able to survive off of them for so long because nothing grows in the terrible rocky soil of ireland except for potatoes so thanks to the south americans they got the potato and they were able to survive until the famine happened you know what i must be doing something wrong every year i try and grow potatoes and i have never succeeded they're always the size of quarters i don't know what it is i'm doing wrong I guess potatoes are easy to grow, except for when I try and do it. Hmm. So you wouldn't be able to grow your own potatoes to milk the potatoes? Probably not. I keep trying. I'm full of optimism. Hope still remains in the box, uh, but I am not a successful potato farmer. Uh, well, Alas. I'll keep a lookout for some Doug for you. If I see it in the store, they say it's a great alternative. Uh, they say baristas can also use it to froth if you want to have like a potato milk latte i would totally try the hell out of a potato would, milk latte you would yes drink i would potato milk latte it just yeah. sounds awful to me just i, I mean i'm, I'm curious like you I'm, don't but you don't know you've never had it you're judging i'm you're judging I, assumptions. Okay. I shouldn't assume Dial you shouldn't assume it could be delicious if any of our listeners out there can get their hands on some doug sweet sweet <laughs> potato milk from sweden uh -huh. Please send it to the P.O. Box. You can reach out. You can contact us via Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. You can find us on there, Dirty Talk Podcast, or you can contact Rain or myself. We will be happy. We will pay for the shipping if you want to ship us some Doug because I am sure that it will survive. The potato milk will survive the transport in the mail. I, I always believe in trying something at least once. Try, okay. it's, yeah, you know. Okay, right? so so you're willing to you're willing to drink the potato milk, oh, yeah. And I have you on record as saying that you are willing to try something at least once. Correct. Right? Well, okay. Okay. Not not. Are you, are you backtracking now? Not anal fisting with barbed wire. I'm not asking you to try anal fisting with barbed wire. I'm just saying, but like, you don't generally you don't know you to... won't like it until you try it. Right, right. I just give Doug a chance. Okay. Not not the barbed wire. I've. No, thank you. So you'd be willing to drink potato milk, at least give it a try, at least once. Yes, Would you be willing to drink armpit milk? No. You wouldn't be willing to what, what happened? What happened to your I'm yeah, willing okay, to try anything okay, at least once? Out. I have licked a number of armpits mm -hmm. in my day, and each time it has been unpleasant. I have never licked, and I know some people are into armpit licking. Mm -hmm. I have tasted freshly washed armpits. Funky armpits, armpits with deodorant, armpits without deodorant. I have never enjoyed the experience. So I haven't tried what armpit milk that you're offering me, but mm -hmm. I've been all up in armpits and uh, I personally don't find them pleasant. Did you know that you can get milk from armpits? 
like they were saying in Meet the Parents, you can milk almost anything. Milk from an armpit. You can get BO, you can get sweat, you can get pheromones, you can get little bacteria's leavings, which causes a great stink. How are you getting milk out of an armpit? It is breast milk. You can get breast, breast, you can get breast milk from an armpit. Okay. Wait, what? You yeah, okay. So this ha this happens to 6% of women. They start leaking milk out of their armpits. Yes, after they become pregnant and they go through the gestation process where they start their mammary glands start developing to produce milk for the baby. There is a condition called polymastia where extra breast tissue in the armpits starts developing and leaks milk. Sometimes it can coincide with an extra nipple and areola. Wait, that will just appear in the armpit? In the armpit, yeah. You can develop that an extra... it wasn't there before. You can develop an get, extra nipple in your armpit. Just like overnight, you lift up your arm and you look and there's a nipple in there? Yeah, yeah. And it can leak milk. There's been numerous research papers about this. I just recently learned this myself. What? That this is a common thing that happens to 6% of women after or during pregnancy. Does the nipple go away or does it stay? Well, it stays there. And they can and you can milk the armpit. And also later in life, if you've if you've developed this, if you start getting armpit breast tissue, you have to check it during regular breast examinations to make sure that it doesn't turn cancerous because you can get breast cancer in your, in armpit, your armpit breast tissue. Oh my God! So yes, that you can get armpit seems... breast cancer. Well, that, that seems wrong. I did not know that until tonight. Yeah. Wow. And I... in fact, you can develop this. So there is something that's called the mammary ridge or milk line, and it runs from your armpits to your groin on either side of your body. And so, like we're cats. Yeah. Meow. Yeah. Basically, Meow. if you think about it, it's kind of like vestigial. Yeah memory cells because we used to have multiple teeth, right? Just like a lot of mammals will have multiple teeth. So we yeah. so we have this mammary ridge which runs up and down both sides of the body oh, and you wow. can develop a breast an extra breast tissue anywhere along this milk line. You can get breast tissue so you can milk from different areas of your body, but it's most common in the armpits, most likely because you already have um, some, you know, limbic tissue in there, and so it'll. Huh. Women might not even notice they become pregnant. They get to the point where they start producing milk, and they'll start noticing a mass that's kind of swollen and uncomfortable oh. in their armpit. And if they don't have a nipple in there, like I mean, you can imagine you're surprised if you looked in there yeah, and yeah. like suddenly you have a nipple. And like what the I fuck? I have a nipple. So what if I lifted up my arm and there was a nipple that had just risen its little nipply head right mm. out of my armpit? Uh -huh. Yeah, I would have questions and I would be seriously freaked out. Uh -huh. Yeah, but well, oftentimes there's no nipple there. And it's just this mass, and then the mass starts leaking this white substance, but it is breast milk. And you can oh. you can drink the breast milk from the armpit. And there was one mention in one of the papers I, was, I saw in 1999, a woman developed this after giving birth, and she was able to pump the milk out of her <sighs> armpit while she was simultaneously feeding the baby from her breast. 
So she could feed the baby, <sighs> breastfeed, and then <sighs> pump away at the armpit milk to have a good backup supply of breast milk. I mean, I guess that's convenient, but I would still feel like a cow. Just moo. Just, you got the baby and then you're like also hoovering baby juice out of an armpit. Mm -hmm. I have, I mean, now that you mention it, that's not actually, I guess, that mind-blowing because I remember hearing a few years back that Harry Styles actually has four nipples. Mm. Like backup nipples, but if we have a whole series that goes from our armpits to our groin, that would explain all those secondary nipples running around. Yeah, well, there's a number around. of people that have extra nipples that, yeah. that run around that area. I was just amazed to find out that you can actually squeeze milk from the pit. So I'm just getting this clear for you and our uh, listeners. Uh, you are willing to drink potato milk. Yes. But not armpit milk. Correct. Even though you stated... You were willing to try everything at least once. Yeah, but I've already tried armpits multiple times. But, okay, but you've tried, you've licked an armpit, but you have not suckled from an armpit. Oh, yes, my friend, but I have <laughs> drunk breast milk and didn't, I wasn't super into it. So I have both licked armpits and I have drunk breast milk. So I've tried both and you're suggesting I combine them into a new form and do breast milk through an armpit, but I've already done both of those things and didn't find that either of them worked for me. So you're assuming that the combination of the two I, will, will not please you in any form? I have I have licked armpits and not enjoyed it any time I've done it, and I've had breast milk in my mouth, and I found myself unable to swallow. So having tried both of those things, I feel comfortable with passing on your offer of armpit breast milk. Okay. Well, I mean, the potato milk is vegetarian and vegan. Mm, mm. Who I don't want my... My dairy allergy to be made even worse. What happened? I'm at the doctor. Well, see, I was drinking breast milk out of an armpit. You know how that goes. And now I'm all fucked up. Yes, I'm not going to. Such a common story. I haven't actually ended up in a doctor's office over a dairy allergy, but I wouldn't be surprised. Unfortunately, I have, as the years have progressed, developed more and more of a dairy allergy, which sucks because truly one of the greatest joys in life is cheese and ice cream. Especially melted cheese. <sighs> oh, exp oh, especially melted cheese because a, a grilled cheese sandwich is like, I'm, I'm drooling now thinking about it. I'm a very resentful vegan, um, not by choice, but because my body has decided. Also, I suppose, yes, fine, it's better for the environment. Um, it's healthier for me, whatever. But God damn, I miss cheese. I did find out something today that I think is pretty interesting that I want to share with you. Did you know? Did you know? Uh, I didn't know. Well, I didn't did know. I know? I know a lot of things, so I don't know. <laughs> Half, you know what? There's a lot more that I don't know than I do know. So the amount of right. stuff I do know is eclipsed by what I don't know. So possibly I might not know. You know how much we love research and studies and finding things. Mm. Data collected that has just come out from the vegan dating app, Vegly. So if you are a vegan and you only want to date other vegans, you need to get your vegan ass onto Vegly. And one of the things they do is collect uh, data because everywhere does online. Mm. And as it turns out, 
vegetarians and vegans are 60% more likely to be open to the concept of open relationships. Uh, yeah, I guess that would jive because usually you have to be a little bit more open to alternative ideas if you want to live your life in that way. You're just going completely dairy, animal product free. <laughs> I, in, in my defense, I was born vegetarian and then I was forced by my body to become vegan. But I have always been into open relationships. I'm not on the Vegly site. Mm -hmm. I'm not see it. I'm not in the market for other vegans at this moment. But it is nice to know that if I were to go into Vegly, that they would more than half of them mm. would also be down with open relationships. But you're is, but you're also arguing correlation, not causation. Just by going vegan doesn't make <laughs> you more interested in open relationships. No, that's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that data has come out that vegans and vegetarians are 60% more likely to be open to the concept of open relationships. Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily saying there's causation and I obviously we need to do more research, but it makes sense to me. You already have to be willing to step outside the normal lane to become vegetarian or vegan. Like that's a choice you have to make. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, for me, I was born this way, so it's not, but it's not necessarily easy, you know, so I could see where someone who has already made the step to have a different diet than the average person is also maybe not as into the concept of monogamy, which is dying off. By the way, as time goes on, more and more people are becoming open to the concept of open relationships. In fact, and this gives my Polly Hart great joy, there is a new restaurant which is launching in the UK on Valentine's Day, which is special in a very specific way. Do you have any ideas how this newly launched restaurant is going to be special? Is it completely potato-based? Is it a <sighs> potato-based restaurant? Uh, um, it is not. And I don't think that that is unique. I am certain there's an entire restaurant called Toast which just does toast. Surely there has to be a place that is all potatoes, potato pancakes, called spuds. Fr French fries, tater tots. Mm -hmm. You could do a lot with a potato, man. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a carb lover's dream. Nothing but starch. No. This restaurant is unique in that it is supposedly the first restaurant, but it certainly will not be the last, which is designed with polyamorous people in mind. Hmm. It is designed for throuples, uh -huh. which as someone who teaches poly classes, one of the things that monogamous people don't ever really consider is that the world is designed for two people, two people at a movie theater, two people at a restaurant, two people sitting in a car. Mm. And when you start exploring polyamory and you add a third person to a relationship, all of the stuff that couples tend to not think about, where are we sitting? How are we eating? Where are we going in the movie theater? where we're we going in the restaurant, you have to factor that in when there's a third person in the relationship. And this restaurant, which is launching tomorrow, so calling all polyamorous people in the UK who, I guess, want to dine in the time of COVID, for Valentine's Day, you can go to a restaurant specifically designed for your couple style. Mm -hmm. Nice. Which I think is pretty cool. It's the first one, but uh, it certainly won't be the last one. So it's geared towards throuples, but then there's still the question as to who sits next to whom at the table. Hopefully, maybe they're just all round tables, so everybody just sits across from everyone else. 
and or triangular shaped mm-hmm. because triangular shaped would bring everybody to the table mm-hmm. without a worry of hierarchy or who sits where. Oh, okay. And you know, mm-hmm. and if mm-hmm. it's it's a lesbian threesome couple, they could have a pink triangle. It, they could indeed. I'm certain that if they do do triangles as a table theme, some of them are going to be pink. I mm-hmm. believe it. Yeah. And because we here at the Dirty Talk podcast do love us some science, traditionally, when we think of sexy times and Valentine's Day, we think restaurant and a nice meal, mm-hmm. you know, some wine or some champagne. Little potato milk. Little potato milk, get if that's you your thing. Mood. Well, you already smell like French fries, so <laughs> you might as well get those pheromones a popping. Once you're thoroughly doused in the smell of french fries and have chugged down a big glass of Doug. Yeah, Doug. You you can make the you can make the beast with two backs. Mm-hmm. And because we love science and research, it has come out that be, scientists love studying things. They study all sorts of things, mice testicles, getting lobsters high, mm-hmm. making goldfish drive cars. You probably have not had sex with a lot of men. Um, I have had sex with a number of men, mm. and one of the things that men are kind of notorious for doing is after the grand conclusion has been reached, they fall the fuck asleep. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of the equation, if you've ever had uh, women or female-bodied persons or non-masculine types sitting and vibrating in the endorphins and the dopamine, and they're like, why the fuck did he fall asleep? There is a scientific reason for it. Mm-hmm. As it turns out, when men ejaculate in specific, their brain releases an entire cocktail of chemicals, including serotonin, oxytocin, vasopressin, nitric oxide, and the hormone prolactin. In specific, it is their brain squirting out a whole bunch of the prolactin that causes men to go sleepy time after ejaculating. It's not that he got what he wanted and now he doesn't want to give you the time of day. His brain is actually full of some chemical soup and that's what makes him sleepy. You know what's interesting is that it's the prolactin that causes breasts to grow and create milk. So if prolactin levels spike after sex... I wonder if you're more likely to start shooting milk out your armpit <laughs> after sex. <laughs> um, I mean, maybe anything's possible. There's over 7 billion people on this planet, but I don't think that's a particularly common occurrence. But if that does happen, uh, always bring a towel. Yeah, just soak up that extra milk or mm-hmm. you can just suckle. Or, or, if, or if that's your thing. Rehydrate yourself. Be, yeah, it's... It's important to stay hydrated. Mm -hmm. Especially after sex. If you're doing it right, if you're being vigorous. You're going to want some hydration. Yeah, you're going to want some electrolytes afterwards. For sure. Maybe some armpit milk. Electrolytes, that's what plants need. Yeah. Taking a slight mouse-shaped detour from breast milk coming out of armpits. I'm feeling this transition. It's extremely smooth. Right. Well, I mean, can you milk a mouse? Right? Uh, you can milk anything with nipples. And nipples. Uh, yeah. Mice. Mice have nipples. Also. Is that, is that, is, 
I, I love this segue. Okay. You're welcome. Yeah. This is gold. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Boom goes the dynamite. What if you feel like milking a mouse after sex? If you feel like milking a mouse <laughs> after sex and you keep going and you're a scientist. You know what? Have... Okay, okay. I just had this thought mm. that, you know, there's that book, If You Give a Mouse a Cookie. Yes. I'm going to have to write a book called If You Milk a Mouse After Sex. I don't know uh, where it's going to be going from there. It's a, but that's a, a start. select market. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. I mean, you're going to want to read my children's book if you milk a mouse after sex. Bestiality and sexuality and aiming it for children. Um, okay, good. I'm not saying I had sex with the mouse. But the, the mouse is having sexy times, though. No, then... I had sexy times. And then afterwards, I find it relaxing to milk another mammal. Does the other mammal consent? Possibly. I don't know. Can you do, do, do mice consent to any of the bizarre shit that scientists do to them? I, I suppose milking is. I'm just spitballing here. I'm just throwing shit out I, and seeing what sticks to the wall, you know? I, I do not think that the mice consented to an amazing new breakthrough, which is going to help many people. And in a bit of a callback from one of our earlier podcast episodes where we discussed the topic of it's a little bit lower down from the nipples, mm -hmm. more in the groin region, mm -hmm. we discussed uh, – we did an entire – Prostate milking. No, that's pretty cool. No. Speaking of close. milking things, speaking close, of milking close. mice, milking the prostate. Right, right. It's, it's super close. No, we discussed – Fecal transplants. Do you remember that? I, uh, of course I remember that. And we talked about it, uh, it was just like last week. We were talking about uh, koalas. The only way they can actually survive is by eating each other's poop. Ew, it's not quite a fecal transplant. I mean, it's more in through the front door. Scientists, being the bold investigators that they are, mm -hmm. have found that if you do fecal transplants on mice, they can significantly lower the chances of the mice getting dementia and Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. We are learning how important digestive and internal health is. And we're essentially a bag of chemicals and what you put in- Or a bag of bacteria, essentially. A, a bag of bacteria and chemical impulses and electricity and mm. fluid and possibly potato juice. Mm -hmm. And anything that you add into that bag shifts it. Yeah. And having people are taking probiotics, we're starting to realize, hey, it's really important to have solid flora and fauna and a really good gut happening. Mm -hmm. I had an old acquaintance who was having a lot of internal issues, and he was told that what he needed was to have a fecal transplant. And he didn't want to pay a bunch of money for it because that shit is really expensive. <laughs> so No pun intended? No, no, no. Pun totally intended. <laughs> okay, You're welcome. Okay. okay. Boom, boom, shh, I'll be here all night. Hello. And one of yes, and one of my friends thoughtfully volunteered to provide her own very good uh, poop for him to do an in-home, I don't know, turkey baster fecal transplant. I'm not sure that it actually ended up happening, but scientists have discovered that if they do fecal transplants on mice and pack those elderly mice full of that good fecal matter that young they will, young mouse yeah that young matter. that that's it's all about getting that the it's like having a blood boy yes except yes. except for taking their blood you take their shit and then like stick it and then in your you butt. don't get and then you don't get dementia or alzheimer's ah. I, mean, I mean that's kind of a I, uh, you know what? I don't know. I was I just had this thought in my mind that people might start getting kind of weird if I was hanging out at the elementary school asking 
Young kids for the poop. They would get a very weird, and you would get arrested. Uh, and <laughs> that's, put some poop in this bag for me. Yeah, yeah, that's not that's not at all how. I feel like I'm mentally slipping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So do not take my co-host's advice. Do not hang out in any elementary schools asking any children for their fecal matter. That's a horrible idea. It is a good way to but get arrested. Yes, it's a good way to get arrested, and. I, then you will probably have untreated Alzheimer's and start drooling on yourself. Well, they would probably already assume that I have some sort of mental issue. Yeah, yeah. Like, kid, kid, I just need a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it quite works. I don't think you can just take a, a, a Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I won't get the dementia. Uh-huh. Um, no, that's not how it's done, my friend. But in the future, it, thanks to the valiant effort of these mice and their colons, we might be able to significantly lessen dementia and Alzheimer's. And I think that's something worth celebrating. Uh, Thank you for these brave mice. No mice were milked. No, but they were, okay, they were not milked, but I think this is more invasive because I'm envisioning this, the scientist, they have to strap the mouse down because Mm. mice are notoriously fidgety. So they would have to find a way to restrain this mouse, kind of like pull its tail up. I'm just envisioning them pulling the tail up and they have those little poop nugget things right i mean thankfully they're the right shape they just have like a pair of tweezers so they have to like stick the little i'm sure there's some lube involved it's probably more of an injector i don't think they're like we just have to shove this mouse pellet in this mouse's ass we we got this mouse pellet from the young mouse and we just got to shove it in this old mouse's ass for science damn it I think that the pellets are probably processed. There's been some sort. It's not like from one mouse to the other. Like there is. That's the thing with fecal transplants. There is some processing done. It's not just someone's nugget oh, shoved inside. You got to clean you. the poop. You need clean you gotta poop. Purify it and, oh, and yeah. make sure that the biome, whatever. It's yes. Okay, it's, but still, at some point, some scientist has to restrain shoving, a mouse, yes, hold and, its tail up, and then yes. like shove poop yes. in its butt. For, for the sake of science science and this is science. this is this is what their degree all those yes. years of schooling and the, and the thousands and thousands of dollars that they uh-huh. throw out at this uh-huh. degree has led to yeah. i was like is like we've talked about this before yes and what did you do today at work honey oh uh, you know mom i just shoved poop in a mouse's butt for science just so so you won't get dementia when you're older yes that's what i did mom you're welcome Science. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me. I'm just going to go down to the uh, elementary school real quick. No, you are not. You're going to get arrested if you do that. All right. I will not. I will not do that. Thankfully, I have a young, healthy child. And if I need to, I will confiscate her poop if I feel myself starting to go off mentally. All right. Well, good luck with that. Okay. Uh, and I hope everybody listening knows this is a complete satire. This is not, <laughs> not serious whatsoever. Just so we're clear, I am not shoving any yes. of your child's leavings up my back door. Yes, exactly. Just so we're clear. Yeah, yeah. And if you, you start reading the police reports of, of somebody vandalizing porta potties in your area, it was not me. <laughs> my co host would like to go on record to make that extremely clear. That's right. Yes, I was well, never we- in the area. I think I think we should stop now before it gets any worse. Okay. This is, before this I incriminate is, myself. Even yeah, yeah. More. Happy okay. Valentine's Day to all of you, and mm-hmm. uh, merry mouse milking to yep. all. And you know what? Go and if you want to have a nice dinner, there's already a lovely potato beverage that I would suggest you could try. It's called vodka, and <laughs> it'll definitely put you in the mood. You don't have to smell like French fries. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not. I mean, I'm not necessarily suggesting that you get drunk and have sex. 
that's certainly not going to be happening tomorrow. No, 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 no. Nobody's going to be doing that tomorrow. And you don't have to wait till tomorrow to do that. Or actually, it was Monday because this is coming out to the general public on Wednesday. Or whenever you're listening to this. You know what? Who knows? You don't have to wait till the 14th of February. I'm just putting it out there. You can get drunk and have sex any day of the year. Again, that's my co-host suggesting that, not me, just so it's clear. If any of you are in recovery or don't feel like drinking, then mm-hmm. totally not, yes. Or just pour yourself a tall glass of potato milk and right. have sex either way. Right. Yeah. Follow it up yes. with some armpit licking, which you don't. <sighs> if, if, you, if that's your thing, we are not here to judge. No mm-hmm. kink shaming. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I think we've dug ourselves a big enough hole. You have. So, I am doing wa- fine over here. My my co-host has. Enjoy that hole. All right. All right. I suggest you give these fine people a big, milky, jaunty salute. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on this epic journey of armpits and mice and potato juice and staying away from elementary schools. We love you all. Yeah. Uh, over and out. We will catch you next week. And if you uh, want to contact us for any reason, if you um, want to send us some potato milk or have any questions, uh, you can contact Dirty Talk Podcast on most social media platforms. I'm at TC Rollins on Twitter, and you can get a hold of Rain at? Rain to Gray everywhere. All right. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you after part of your life has uh, shucked away like so many scales from a reptile. Oh, it's very depressing. Goodbye, everyone. Have a great week. 